Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Sorry it's been so long since we last recorded, but we needed the time, I should say Gab needed the time, to process her emotions. Process my emotions, recover emotionally. Like, God, that was such... The emotional recovery after this last one so, was intense. So, Gab, what are you drinking? Oh, God. I'm not, I can't even reach my hands. I'm tucked in to my couch um i'm under three blankets because it was so fucking cold walking home from work and so i probably will get up at some point and probably make like a hot toddy or something but right now i'm not drinking anything Mm -hmm. what are you enjoying are you enjoying anything how are you doing i'm also trying to be cozy it is uh in the 30s here in boston and it's raining so Yeah, it's, I know it's winter because last night my knee started to ache and my skin has gone really dry and I had to turn on the humidifier. So my body's like, A, seasons are changing and B, you're getting old. (laughs) Wait, why do you have to use a humidifier? Because it's dry and when it's dry, I breathe in the dry air and I get dry. I dry out. I get very dry. (laughs) So so you need the humidifier to make the air moist? Yes. I need it to keep me moist. <laughs> you're like at the zoo. You're like you're like in the butterfly exhibit or something. In the little hot house exhibit. <laughs> you can just come see me in my little cage. Like, like Do you a have parrot. A heat lamp too? I only have a couple of vocabulary words like women's soccer, women's soccer. <laughs> I listen oh, air. That's all. Uh, all I want to make. I, I want to make sure that you have a heat lamp, though. Do you have a heat lamp, like a space heater? Sure. No, I don't have a heat lamp. I'm not a reptile. <laughs> I'm a, I mean, I don't know. I'm you like an African, an African gray parrot. I'm smart for my species, but <laughs> you know, I'm basically three or, a three or four year old cognitively, and I can say about 150 <laughs> words. <laughs> but you. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just make sure you don't dry out. <laughs> no, I gotta stay moist. <laughs> I love that you take care of yourself like that. Most people <laughs> eat healthy. Most people work out. <laughs> You're like, I have a humidifier. I don't so use I a humidifier to like the exclusion of working out and eating healthy. It, that's not the only thing that I use to keep my body from shriveling. It's like when you when you uh 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 mist your little like plant instead of instead of watering it because its roots can't handle the water, so you mist it instead. Oh. <laughs> Do you put vitamins in your humidifier? I wish I could. Vitamin water. <gasps> we should sell this idea. Like, I bet you you could. Your skin would love... Like, if you put lotion Like, water. dissipating... Well, you can already do things like you can put Vicks on top of a humidifier, right? And it'll dissipate into the air. So we should yeah. sell, like, l- luscious, moist air, you know? <laughs> to the Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> crowd. They'll they'll love it. It reminds me of... I, I, I really hope it was a... It was a... Um, a spoof but it reminds me of the the ladies who took jars out into like the countryside and would can <laughs> fresh air and then try to sell it inside the city people do that with like concerts and stuff they'll label a ziploc like air from uh, the harry styles's concert on a date or whatever and try to sell it on ebay you're fucking shit no I know. that's a real thing 
No. I, I don't know if anyone buys this shit, but people will bag air at events, supposedly, and try to sell it. What? Why are we so dumb? If someone buys it, then you know what? Props to someone for the hustle. They, they, they part I mean, the dude, I have money. an eBay account. I'm going to start We should sell bagging. money from games. Yeah. Like, I know. We should. When we go to France, we'll just. This will be our side hustle. I should have sold money. Uh, sold money. I should have sold air <laughs> from the NWSL final. Like, Tobin Heath God. breathed this air. There was so much fucking hot air down there. <laughs> All right. So, what, what are your feelings on the final now that you've got a couple weeks' distance between you and that second star? <sighs> between. Well, we're closer now. We're much closer. My thoughts about the final is it was gross. It was ugly. It wasn't, it's not, it's not what you want a final to be. It was a terrible and advertisement for the league. <laughs> Just terrible. It was, it was horrible. And I'm really happy it wasn't on like ESPN or ABC or something like that. And it like, I want to blame the ref. I want to blame the officiants, the officiating, um, they should have taken control, but at the same time, like, damn, these two teams, like, do not like each other. Which, in the long run, I think is good, because rivalry helps sell tickets, but for the players, I, I'm sure Taylor Smith is like, fuck your rivalry. My shoulder, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, all, all, I, all I got to do was kick off a ball, and then Tobin Heath comes out of nowhere and fucks my shoulder up. I mean, Tobin Heath got hers, too, so at oh, least there's Tob that. Yeah, I mean, is Tobin even going to play in the friendlies this week? I think she's cleared. Um, I think oh. she's available. Well, we'll see. Thursday, right? The 9th, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I don't keep track of time. You're an amazing fact checker. Yeah, Tobin Heath's available. She was put on the roster. Apparently, she's been cleared with Taylor Smith. And yes, it's the first game's November 9th in Vancouver at BC Place at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2 and Univision. Shouldn't... Oh, my God. I, what I want is I want a NWSL rematch women's national team version three-on-three -three tournament. Oh, my God. Five-on-five. Five-v-five. I'm sure... Well... Mm, does North Carolina, how many players does North Carolina have on the squad? Quite a few, as far as I remember. What More got, than five? Let's see, Dahl Kemper, um, Taylor Smith, Sam Mewis, Lynn Williams. I guess it's only four. Okay, 4v4, which is fine because French, you know, her footwork still, <laughs> oh my God, she's not a field player. But she's our new striker. She will but be. But she's not a field player. Chomo Bogagu's a fullback, so why not? You know, we called in four goalkeepers for two friendlies, and she's probably going to make tired old Alyssa Nair play a full 90 for one of them, so <laughs> why not play franchise striker? There's no rule against it. When did your flame die for Alyssa Nair? It's not that it died. It's that she's fucking tired, and Jill needs to give her a rest, and she won't do it. Like, is it really better... To split one game between Ashlyn Harris and Jane Campbell than to just give Harris or Franch a full 90 instead of letting Alyssa Nair, like, fucking rest? <laughs> oh, this is coming from the team that rebuilt Hope Solo one 
iron plate at a time. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> like, the Federation is fucked. We know, we've seen this episode before. So what else do you have to say about that final? I mean, you guys um, won. In the end, winning's winning. In the end, winning is winning. I had a ton of puppies in the last uh, 12 minutes. Um, I was pretty convinced that uh, North Carolina was going to be able to um, sneak one in right at the death like they always fucking do. <laughs> Actually, in my brain. Uh, the way the way the deja vu scenario was working out is on a stupid corner kick, Jess McDonald was going to basically shove Emily Sonnet into the ball into the goal, and they were going to count it as an own goal. Wow, that's extremely elaborate, yet also highly plausible. Right, and I I was I was so nervous. I was so nervous because all the corner kicks were right there, right in front of me. Like they were all just happening right there, and I was like, God damn it, one of these. Like, they're just all going to play Red Rover, Red Rover, and run all at the same time towards the Thorns and just push them all into the goal, and the ball's going to go into. I and mean, the stupid refs aren't going to call anything. They're just going to call it a fucking goal. It's not like Daniel Chesky gave you guys any reason to think otherwise. So, yeah, I I call that reasonable. <laughs> that was in my head how the match was going to end. And that was going to be a fisticuff in the center circle. For last man standing. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime didn't have the uh the the airtime to dedicate to that though. You know, maybe so there there shall only be one. Looking to get into other women's sports, they could do some MMA. Right? Like it should be the ultimate soccer match. I mean, you know my idea, right? Which is you start 11 v 11, but like every 10 minutes the field shrinks and you remove one player until it's like 1v1 in the center circle. I have never heard this idea before. Okay, that was my idea instead of penalty <laughs> kicks. Like settling shit, you know? But how do you, like, is are there ropes on the outside? And yeah, the you can move the stakes like in. The, you move the stakes in, like the grounds crew will shrink the field. Until so it, so it's like musical chairs, but space instead of chairs. Yeah. Interesting. How how do you pick who who departs? See, that's also part of the tactical battle. It's like, do oh. you want to remove your goalkeeper last, right? Or do you want to take off a forward, a midfielder, defender? Do you want to like keep it balanced the whole way through, or like, you know, take a risk and do all your forwards stuff like that? Because as it gets smaller, maybe you have a, a five-a-side within your 11 that you prefer. Do you have to predetermine your roster, like who's going to go out at what level? Or is it like chess and you make moves in reaction to the other team's moves? It should be like chess. It shouldn't be predetermined. But, okay, so who goes first? Like, if it's like chess, do you get one turn each? Or do you both have to, like, rock, paper, scissors... No, no, they shrink Throw the field, down. and at the same time, you have to hand the ref your little piece of paper that says, this is the name of the player that I'm taking off. So it's like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, but then you see who the other team takes off, and that maybe informs the next decision that you right. make in 10 minutes. Right. Oh, man. Does the goal stay the same size, or does it shrink down to, like, scrimmage goals, and then those little, like, quick goals that, like, pop up? It. But you're you make a point. You make a good point. The goal should shrink proportionally. So I I feel like for the first two until it becomes ninety nine, same size, right? 
And sure, then after yeah. nine, it shrinks, right? And then after the, after six, when it's down to like five or six feet, it, it shrinks again. And then when it's like 1v1, it's basically those tiny little pop-up goals. Yeah. So we're inventing a new sport here. It's like, it's it's more strategic than soccer, which is hard to do. We'll we'll call it some combination of like chess and soccer. Chesser. <laughs> I just I was just went to, I went to <laughs> Chester is what I went to. Uh, um but that uh, there's no T in chess or soccer, yeah. so I don't know. Football and chess. Footess. Footess. Foot chess? Foot S. Anyway. So to get back to the realm of reality, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that that final was not in the realm of reality. No, it wasn't. That final happened in some weird where whistles and offici- officiating doesn't actually happen in the world. It was, it was weird. It was ugly. I lo- like the Orlando Stadium. Um, I don't particularly care for the grass. It looked very um, beat up, but not nearly as beat up as Houston in right about now. But um, I didn't like that the stadium was prepared for half capacity and didn't have any concessions open on the end by where all the supporters groups were at. That was awkward. Um, But it was nice to see a lot of different merch for the final. I don't think we've had a lot of that in the past. So it was it was fun to go to my fifth final and kind of see the growing of the game. Yeah, I think it's worth discussing and there has been some discussion afterwards about a perceived failure to really sell the final because it was a great venue, it was a good location, weather was great that day. There were a lot of people in town. Um I know people are saying that pride would have taken away from it, but if you know that Pride's going to be on that weekend, I think a good marketing team can come up with ways to create synergy with the event. Well, yeah, it's like make Pride an official event. How much does it cost to get sponsored by Pride? Exactly. So Pride is an all-weekend thing. It's not just you go for a couple hours. So how hard is it to convince people, hey, during the day, before you really start partying, you can come to this awesome game for about two and two hours, two and a half hours, and then you can go out and and start, you know, your your white parties or whatever it is that power lesbians do at Pride. I don't know. I, what, uh, how do you not know this? I don't go to Pride. There's too many people, and it's expensive. Okay. I like to sit at home and like look at my computer. <laughs> that's that's what I do. It's not what you do though. You're a social person. You 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 don't give yourself credit for all the stuff that you do. I'm a social person. I'm the grumpiest social person alive, then. <laughs> there are a lot of grumpy social people, and you are by not at all the grumpiest. Well, I guess that's something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your you tried star. Yeah, thanks. The only issue I take with with them potentially becoming an official uh uh event at pride was that the parade was occurring at the exact same time as the match so then i look at lifetime and i go hey lifetime we're announcing this 
six months in advance. You are not a live TV channel. Most of the why time, are your, no. Why are your time slots so locked in? Yeah, that's another thing. Lifetime has got to adapt more to the idea that they got a sports property, not just a straight-up entertainment property. They didn't pay for a TV show that has to go in a certain time slot. They paid for a sports league, and sometimes sports requires flexibility. Sometimes sports requires not being played at the hottest time of the day in the hottest part of the country, just because that's where the people are. I get the feeling they'll be looking at a lot of this stuff in the off season. Um, Who? Who will be looking at it? The, the There's no commissioner. Lifetime. The people of Lifetime. The people in charge of programming and business and marketing. I hope so. I hope so. Let's be louder. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be heard, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get in contact with Lifetime now, not least of which directly on Twitter with all 280 of your characters now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all just tweeting at Lifetime. Hey, Lifetime, don't fuck up next year. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, in the off season, Gab and I will probably have a, an episode before preseason starts where we discuss you know, improvements and stuff that we'd like to see the league. And obviously we want to hear your thoughts on that too. So you should probably leave comments on this episode about that. Dude, let's start a list. We'll start a list. Um, speaking of lists, a, an important one just happened. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, Our, oh, oh, this is, this is the next thing we're talking about. I love that you have a roster of all the things that we're going to talk about. I have and to write things down or I'm not going to remember them because I... <laughs> Like, just in general in my life. Lika Martins won FIFA Best for Best Women's Player of the Year. Thank God. Not Carly Lloyd. Not Carly Lloyd. And not Dana Castellanos, who I feel like it's always important to emphasize. I'm not blaming her for the situation. And I think she's a cool kid who's probably going to grow up to be a talented player. But she doesn't belong on the list. Yet. Are, are you talking about Carly Lloyd? <laughs> Yes, I am talking about Carly Lloyd. She's a cool kid. Maybe one day she'll be good enough to be on that top ten list, but she doesn't belong She's, there. She, she doesn't listen to her haters. No, she doesn't. She blocks them out very she blocks efficiently. Her out. If, if you weren't standing next to her at the beginning, don't even don't even try now. <gasps> Carly Lloyd is so interesting. We really have to do a psychology episode one day where like, we talk to a sports psychology expert or something like what it takes for some people to maintain that like edge of performance where they're <clears throat> constantly just about peaking, but without going over and burning out or without backsliding. I'm just like, I want to know about the bubble. Like she has such an abrasive bubble. Like it's so well defined. Like, Oh, you have to be so you have to be in or else you were totally out. I'm like, how do you develop that bubble? I feel like her her autobiography kind of gave us a lot of the clues to that, though, with her family history, which is admittedly, you know, kind of depressing and sad. It's like when you deal with issues like that and probably feel a little bit abandoned or rejected, you create like a like you're either with me or you're not with me. And then that's the line, you know, that's that's a great call. I never read her book. Oh, OK. Yeah. So she had, you know, a lot of tension with her family and apparently they were like, you're like way too into soccer. We don't like the way you're doing things with Galanis. We want to do this and 
I think they had a big falling out over the issue, and so she essentially went and lived with James Galanis, which helps explain a lot of her devotion, because the guy took her yep. in, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And helped give her uh, a second family, I guess, of sorts. So I think that explains a lot about her very tribal mentality, right? She's very clannish. Like, if if you're with me, then I'm ride or die for you. If you're not, then I don't care. Right. I um, should read her book in the off-season. It's, it's fairly interesting. Hmm. I will add it to my list. Mm-hmm. And it's a quick read. It's not it's not going to take you all day. So it's kind of like Abby's and Hope's? Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's, it's okay. a couple hours, you'll knock it out, and you'll have a better sense of, you know, Carly Lloyd as a person. <sighs> I should put her book right next to Hope Solo's book, and they would make a beautiful pair on Aww, my bookshelf. They could be friends in your apartment, too. They're friends I wish, wherever they go. I know. I wish they would have done something with the jackets on the books, so that they, like, when they're sitting next to each other, they'd like, make a heart or something. Oh, that's really sweet. That's un that's really disturbingly sweet of you so they could be like best friends like little kids and their little best friend charms oh like on one spine hope is holding up her hand to make one half of the heart oh my god carly's holding up the other half of the heart with her hand he put them together their hands make one heart we should totally tell them you have to tell them that on twitter though because carly blocked me (laughs) (laughs) no did she unblock you i heard a big unblocking no she didn't unblock me all right can can we not (laughs) like why do you have to she didn't unblock me, okay? Why aren't you on her team? <laughs> so, yeah. Lika Martin's won for the Netherlands, which there's also some issues there, I think, where uh, obviously FIFA Best weighs tournament performance way heavily over club performance. Uh-huh. Although Lika Martin's, I think you could, she's one of the candidates where even if you don't think she should have won, there are very good arguments for why she should have won in the first place. So it's not like if Carly won where you're just like, oh, oh my God, you know? It's like, oh, I can see it. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted her to win, but I can see it. That sort of thing. It was kind of like Marta's third win as opposed to her fifth win. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, oh, I see. I, I, I didn't care for the way the voting turned out, though. Yeah, the voting. So, that was weird. Like seeing some people, some pe- players, and some coaches, who I'm like, but you're so much, you're more tuned in than this. Exactly. Like, wh- why, why aren't you doing better at this part? So, if you guys haven't seen it, FIFA actually publishes the results of the vote from captains, coaches, and media. I just was laughing at Jill Ellis because um, <laughs> Jill straight up listed Carly Lloyd number one and then Sam Kerr two and Jennifer Marjan three. Of the three, the best possible option one, and I wrote this earlier, like I think that was, the pick was correct enough that she validated the award this year instead of the award validating her. Somebody has collected all these votes like in terms of data, so that you can look at it more coherently, I think Nikita Taparia will try and link it. Um, so you can see the distribution of who's voting for whom. Like, are lower-ranked nations voting for name players like Carly Lloyd instead of more obscure players, you know, from emerging nations like the Netherlands and Denmark, stuff like that. 
Um, I don't remember what the results were, but I think they were pretty much in line. When I looked at those results from a couple of years ago, that's what was happening. If your country was ranked lower, votes from those countries tended to go to players who had higher name recognition, regardless of performance that year. You know, women's soccer doesn't have exposure, so... Marta is Marta. We're 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 working on it. It'll be an issue for everybody from the federation, confederation to FIFA level. So hmm. grow the game. Grow that's the game. grow the game right there. So that's FIFA, but also on the international news level, I don't know if you guys followed this, but high ranking members of the Football Association and Annie Aluko and Liam Sanderson uh testified in front of um, a government committee about the whole fuck-up where the FA mishandled Annie Aluko's racial abuse complaint. And it was, it lasted like, I think, four hours, and it was farcical from start to finish. Like, Annie Aluko comes off great. She was composed, she was prepared, apparently she had a 114-point document ready to distribute because she's a lawyer. The four FA executives who testified were Greg Clark, who's the chairman, Martin Glenn, chief executive, Dan Ashworth, technical director, and Rachel Brace, human resources director. And all four of them made themselves look foolish as shit. Like, they just fumbled their way through all the questioning from the committee. It was the House of Commons Digital Culture, Media, and Sport Select Committee. Um, That's quite the committee. Yeah, it was all live streamed as well for free and i watched probably about two or three hours of it before i had to leave and everything that came out of their mouths was awful they just were trying to shovel responsibility for this off all onto each other or onto people who weren't there they really made themselves look bad meanwhile any aluko's over here with her fucking 114 point document like yeah i told you this whole time i told you Look at these She's idiots. Like, this is this is why you don't fuck with lawyers. Well, it's also like these idiots. These are the ones who made her life so hard for years. Like this. What were what were some examples of things that they were doing that was just so like unprofessional? Okay, uh, I think one of them was when they were re- reviewing Samson. Dan Ashworth, the technical director, he's the guy I think who got Samson the job in the first place. Was like. He testified on behalf of Samson, and he was, I think, running the investigation, and they were like, you didn't recuse yourself? And he's like, yeah, I probably should have recused myself, but he didn't. You know? Stuff like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then fucking, oh, I just, this gave me the shit so bad. So Greg Clark also was just sitting there crying his little crocodile tears, trying to be like, I work really hard. I'm a good guy. I try to, I was dealing with this other abuse scandal, which to be fair, there was a big child abuse scandal going on in English football. Do you remember this? No. Where it came out that all these kids like in the youth system had been abused, like lots of kids. So he's like, I was dealing with that crisis. And, you know, I, I care so much about kids and blah, blah, blah. I just care so much. And I was just overworked and tired and da, 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 da. It's like, well, it seems like the FA had a lot of opportunities to deal with this and they didn't. So isn't, isn't football like the number one sport in England? I think it is. Isn't the FA like a pretty rich organization? Yeah. Okay. Just check it. Yeah. 
like all sorts of shit came out. Like apparently, um, after Annie was gone, the they hired a black actress for a role pace situation for like you know team building meeting or whatever, and it was clear that this black actress was meant to portray Annie Luco, and she was like the bad one, like in a goofus and gallant situation. She was oh god, like a selfish and badly behaved footballer. So it's just so. Uh, it makes so much sense given all the shit that the the FA has been through or done or been exposed for in the last like 10 years. Yeah, it's not great. Mark Sampson's gone, although he's made some noise about suing the FA for wrongful termination, which the kicker is they got rid of him for all that stuff earlier about how he had inappropriate relationships with players yeah. instead of this Aluko stuff. The thing is, he's going to point out that the FA knew about all that inappropriate relationship stuff, right? Because remember, there was a report as early as like 2015, I want to say, and just nobody read it, and he was hired anyway. So he's going to be like, you guys knew, you hired me anyway, and then you're going to fire me for that? You can't do that. And he's, you know, maybe a clever lawyer might be able to argue the case well enough to get him some kind of severance package or something. Gross. Super gross. If they had just That's fired gross. him for their racism in the first place, maybe they wouldn't be in this situation. Oh my god, so gross. Another shambolic turn from the FA. Don't know what they're doing. Oh, ugly noises. And didn't you say you read that article where Lucy Bronze basically should have kept her mouth shut but didn't? Yeah, oh, Lucy Bronze uh, had nothing, not, no nice words to say about this situation. Um, I think she was being interviewed because she now plays for PSG. And the reporter was uh, basically doing a, a longer interview. I think it was in The Guardian. Um, and ultimately came back to some of the issues within the FA. And turns out Lucy Bronze holds it against the victims. Which is fun and fantastic. And what you really want in your captain. Even if, like she personally has beef with Luco separate from whatever, like, keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. This is a lose-lose situation. You come off looking like a giant apologist for all the racist shit that happened to Annie. So, apparently, Luco is now available for selection again, but I don't know if she's actually going to make it. Because, honestly, yeah, she went through some shit, but she's also not, like, the striker that's going to take England to the next level. Yeah, so, oh yeah, she's totally past her prime, and I could see the reason she wants to do this. I mean, she's a fucking lawyer, so she is doing this for the reasons of, I need to do what's right. Um, we'll, we'll see who the New England coach is right now. Interim is Mo Marley. Um, it's not going to be Laura Harvey. <laughs> I don't know, they can't, U.S. Soccer can't cap-tie her. Because uh, <laughs> Laura Harvey is going to U.S. Soccer. Oh my god, were you awake uh, for this drama? Today... I was getting text messages while I was at work of of theories that I thought they were theories of what was happening. And little did I know, no, it, this is actually <laughs> happening. And I was like, ha ha ha, you're so funny. And yeah. Yeah, it would be yeah. funny if Flacco ended up as the head coach of Seattle. You know. That, well, I was like, well, huh, well. that'd be cool. Like in my worst nightmare. Yeah. Seattle and FCKC, only two teams that have a history that goes around, you know, stuff they've done to each other in playoffs. So there's, there's, you know, yeah, of course that'd be hilarious. Ha ha ha. And then the news drops. 
Vodko is going to Seattle. He went on Laura Harvey's recommendation. She, when she was talking to Bill Predmore, the owner of the rain, and was like, I think I've done what I want to do here. I want to leave. was like, you know who you should replace me with? <laughs> the guy who's given me the most trouble, which is a genius move. It's evil genius. She is an evil genius, and she is going to run whatever organization takes her in next. And I just hope that they're ready for her genius and they throw money at her and give her the opportunity to express herself. So before we and get her evil genius ways, before we get to how Laura Harvey's going to dethrone Jill Ellis, do you think Seattle's going to give Vlatko the same basically free reign that they gave Laura Harvey? Yes. I mean, didn't they didn't they already give him the development organization? I thought I read that he is going to be running their development program in the exact same, like, not in the same way, but his position is the same as what Laura was. Uh, no, I don't see it in the 442 article. Okay, I might, I might be smoking pot. Yeah, I think Ananofsky has certainly earned a certain amount of latitude to act very broadly the way Laura Harvey Harvey did, you know, as GM as well. Um, I also wonder what FCKC players he might be able to poach and try to integrate into the Seattle setup. We've seen Seattle defensively. They needed some help. Um, That's a team that maybe might benefit from Becky Sauerbrunn. You're really pissing me off right now. Why? Do you think you'll be able to lure her to Portland or keep her out of Seattle? I just I want to build a wall. I want to build a wall around Seattle, and I want to. I want. I, there, we cannot. The the league can't deal with a Seattle FCKC superpower combo <laughs> squad. Um, I joked like earlier. that. That, 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 that no, that that physically cannot happen. Like I, like there cannot. That cannot happen like there has to be rules that prevent that from happening right common laws of decency you know think (laughs) of the children it's supposed to be the gentleman's game right that's not gentlemanly behavior i made a joke earlier because uh sink and becky were in the same press conference for usa canada preview um and i was like oh they're gonna be future teammates but portland has sauna and menges so you know if if Becky moves, it might be to Seattle. Stop it. If if she moves, maybe she'll stick with FCKC or FC whatever city they become when they're acquired. FC whatever. FC to oh. be determined. That's that's the new what name. if what if FCKC is the team that gets sold to Vancouver? FC TBD. I don't want to see Vancouver in the league yet. I don't feel comfortable with the Whitecaps as an organization running a women's team. What if it's not the Whitecaps? So haven't the Whitecaps said they said they're not interested? Um, in the press conference earlier today, John Herdman was like, you know, hopefully we'll see the Vancouver Whitecaps as one of the teams in the league in the future. Well, John Herdman is also a shit talker. <laughs> uh, he was pretty subdued today in the press conference. He actually looked kind of tired, and he, I think, he's trying to manage expectations because even he knows with this roster. If the, with the uh, roster Canada has, if the United States doesn't win, I think Jill gets fired. How was his shirt fitting? It was it was fine. It was Was it was it loose? No, 
I I don't really remember. I wasn't super paying attention to his shirt. If if it was loose, I would be worried that he's not taking care of it. I'm not himself. Anno Dong. I'm not Davina. I don't pay attention to John Herdman's shirt tightness unless well, he's like busting you, out. You of need it. to know what your people want. <laughs> You need to pay attention to what your people want. If you're going to be a reporter, you need to report on things your people want to know about. Like how many buttons were undone on John Herdman's Schmedium? Yeah. 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 I and, think it was and just how, like two buttons. You know, was, was he doing aerobic activity in the in the <laughs> tight white shirt? Wow. Okay. Um, I'll start the blog John Herdman Thirst Watch right after we're <laughs> done with this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it's already taken. I'll definitely be able to monetize that. Yes, you would. Of all the things we've come up with on this <laughs> podcast, that is probably the one that so you could sell sponsorships. Nobody take the to. domain johnherdmanthirstwatch.com. <laughs> you better make it before you put this podcast out. <laughs> um, people are going to go there. Can we can we redirect that link to to drug fans? <laughs> Yeah, probably. We'll try. <laughs> um, we 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 got to squat on that domain because it's a hot property. John Herdman Thirst Watch. We yeah, don't want to be. How do we squat on it? We don't want to be John Herdman Biz. Like we want the dot com. Oh, we want the dot com or the dot ca. Yeah. I don't know. Can we do dot ca? That might be more authentic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so oh, Flacco man. and Seattle, I think that's going to be a good pairing. S- Lara and United States soccer now. <sighs> Jill. Jill Ellis has never had pressure ever. So according to, I think, uh, Chard Farley over at 442. I love that you call him Chard Farley. Chard Farley. That's his name. <laughs> or it's Chard. It's French. Chard. 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 Charday? Child. No, it just has an E, but he's French, so he's Child. Uh, again, according to Child, there is <laughs> Lar Harvey's role officially hasn't been solidified with U.S. soccer yet. They're just basically like bringing her in to have her, which to Jill Ellis must feel awful. <laughs> Jill, I really want Laura Harvey to be in the stands on Thursday, just, just watching. Just. And taking notes, just waiting, like, down. waiting for Ellis being like, you don't know how to drive this Rolls Royce. I've been watching you stall it for four years because you were on a hill. You were able to move it. But now this is your am- time has come. This is an amazing um, analogy. Like it's one of the top three analogies you've made all time on this podcast. It's fantastic. Yeah. Laura Harvey is now just watching, going, I'm here to drive the car the rest of the way. You just have to get it to me mm-hmm. in one piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harvey's been laying the groundwork. She popped up with the U23s back at the beginning of this year. Yep, and that's when we started talking about her. Mm-hmm. Do you think Laura Harvey would do a better job than Jill Ellis with the women's national team? I think she is the breath of fresh air this, this federation needs. I think I agree with you. I but think... here's here's my question. Okay. What about Hope? <laughs> I don't think Laura Harvey's going to bring Hope Solo back into the fold. 
I don't think so either, but I just had to put it out there. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because by the time Laura Harvey's head coach, all right, the earliest she could be head coach is 2018, right? Like, Yeah, because we're two months away from 2018. Well, because... if Jill Ellis, that, because they're not going to switch coaches in 2019 too close to the World Cup. So it's either got right. to be 2018 and time for her to settle in, or it's got to be after the World Cup. Right. But, but I'm saying it's... Okay, Canada wins the, the one of the two next matches. Mm-hmm. Jill Ellis out by Christmas. Ooh. Laura Harvey picks it up in January. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then takes us when, into she believes when in do, March. When do we do World Cup qualifiers? October. That As long as she's got six months before that, we're golden. Mm-hmm. Actually, like, this is the most excited I've been about the women's national team in two years. Yeah, actually, if you want Jill out, you'd want to do it before March because then Laura Harvey has a chance to work with the team for She Believes. And you get the players for a little bit of time before NWSL starts. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be real. They'll they'll keep the players and cut into NWSL start time. Oh, totally, totally. But you, you keep the players before NWSL starts and you... Because the the qualifying tournament's right at the end of NWSL season, mm-hmm. it's butting up right against it. So you're she's not going to have the time to put together that comprehensive roster. I mean, now it makes perfect sense as to why Laura Harvey was going around the country to all the different NWSL matches. Oh wait, no, she was the coach of Seattle. <laughs> so she's been doing scouting for five years. She's done more scouting than Jill Ellis. I would definitely say that Laura Harvey has a better eye for talent and maybe is more entrenched in NWSL player pool than Jill Ellis. What so. if Jill Ellis became the team like manager and Laura Harvey was the coach? Huh. Team manager what? Like... Like, dealt with the U.S. soccer politics. Oh, I don't know. Does Jill Ellis, A, have the stomach, and B, the, like, political cachet to handle the politics? I mean, she's been in U.S. soccer for, like, a billion years. That's true. That's true. And and U.S. soccer is in a clusterfuck right now. They are in a little bit of crisis mode. I mean... So, if she needs to be going hungry, hungry hippos on all the political capital she can in u.s soccer right now and maybe maybe that's why she doesn't get fired after the canada friendlies because u.s soccer's not paying attention to her because they're trying to figure out whose dick is longest for this u.s president thing that was gross but apt um (laughs) like they're they're just not focused on the women's national team they're never focused on the women's national team so of course laura harvey's gonna come in and totally revamp the entire system with Jill Ellis still in the program, like Laura Harvey's not even going to need to be the official coach. She's going to get to be like the special advisor to the coach. I think there was some speculation that she'd end up going into like a technical advisor role. And then, you know, U.S. soccer can hold her there um, until they're ready to officially push Jill Ellis aside. Yeah, just push her over to manager and let Laura Harvey be the coach. Interesting. Um, The other thing here is... I really feel like England missed out on the chance to snap up Harvey. I don't feel like we got a ton of reports that they were especially pursuing her. But first of all, why not? And second of all, if they were, 
then England is one of the few countries that can kind of compete with the United States in terms of benefits, compensation. So is Lara Harvey, if she ends up being head coach, you know, is her salary going to be comparable to what Jill Ellis was making? Because I think Jill Ellis was somewhere in somewhere over 200,000. And then with bonuses, it pushes her around the 300,000 range. That's that's Jill Ellis's compensation. Maybe. I, mean, I would love Laura Harvey to make a half a million dollars. That would be amazing. That'd I would be. love for her to be like, yeah, no, I can be your special advisor for 300. <laughs> you yeah. need to find the other two, you clusterfuck of an organization, U.S. soccer. Because I'm going to win you championships for the next 12 years. That is some pressure, though. Like, you're brand new. If you have the highest ever salary given to a women's team head coach... You've got both the World Cup and the Olympics coming up. That's that's some do or die shit, you know. You're you're world champions. Start playing like world champions. I think they're headed there now that they're um, you know, getting more solid ideas about their midfield. Their midfield. They're getting more solid ideas about just co- using the NWSL as a player pool. Mm-hmm. If like. You- yeah, four years ago, if you had been asked about the fullback situation, you just would not have picked out Casey Short and Taylor Smith, but here they are now. Taylor Smith, number one fullback. Now that she has two working shoulders again. <laughs> Stop. I can't laugh about that. That's that's not right. You're not laughing at Taylor Smith. You're laughing at Tobin for being a an idiot about she it. She just is a bull in a china shop. Ugh, it's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, this is the today was rejuvenating. Today felt like 2013 or 2014. Whoa, so news breaking. <laughs> I, like, oh shit, I have to hold on to the table. What's going to happen next? Starting at 11 p.m. Eastern time last night when the first news dropped about Vladko, yeah, it, it felt very um like, oh, yeah, this is a very familiar feeling. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's just like, wait, we we've been here before. We know we know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. We just keep waiting until it stops. Yeah. And then we bitch and moan about it not being there anymore. Like we get used to the com- constant stream of information, which is going to continue to happen until Friday. Oh, um also in crazy NWSL news just to kind of start winding us down. Sky Blue FC majority stakeholder Phil Murphy is the governor-elect of New Jersey. <laughs> Grow the game. Grow the game. Grow the game. So I guess congratulations to Sky Blue, the official team of New Jersey now or something. I don't know. Maybe Murphy will have to divest now that he's official. He's going to be governor. I'm not sure how that it's, works. It's it's New Jersey, number one. <laughs> that, it, that just kind of like puts the nail in in just how eclectic the sky blue ownership group is because i don't know if you know this it's right on their webpage. it's not a secret they've got phil murphy who is like a goldman sachs dude they have um thomas hofstetter who's like a consulting marketing guy and then they have stephen tamares tamares i think um uh, who's the ceo of bed bath and beyond like what well, here's here's the investigative journalism i i want to see were all these guys on like an AYSO team when they were like six years old and they made a Blood Brothers pact? Rich people know that... about rich people. Oh no, I totally, I totally get that, but I want to figure out where's the 
point of origin. And I really want it to be a cute story about how they all played soccer together when they were kids. And they were like, when we grow up, we're going to own a soccer team. No, they probably met at some fundraiser or rich fat cat event and were like, say, fellow capitalists, let's invest in a women's soccer team. One of us probably has a daughter or two. I prefer my Sandlot version. I mean, that would be nice, but it's, it's, I think my cynical version is the real one. And I would like an investigative reporter to figure out which one of us is telling the truth. I told you, I'm, I'm not a people person, I'm grumpy. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm putting the offer out there if somebody would like to investigate, deeply journalize that yeah. story. Gab isn't looking for scandal, she just wants like a cute feel-good story. <laughs> I don't want the scandal, there's enough scandal. Scandal. Yeah, there is enough scandal. God. Alright. We spent we spent half this episode talking about scandal. Alright, so let's close it out with something non-scandalous, because USA Canada is coming up. No, never not scandalous. <laughs> never, uh, ever. Uh, so, two game series. One in Vancouver, one in San Jose. November Home 9th, and away. November 12th, Home yeah. and away. Winner takes all. United States pretty much has a first choice roster coming up. They have uh, 23 players. Canada only named 19 for theirs because they couldn't get some of their key players back from Europe. They're not being released. It's outside the FIFA window. So they're missing Sophie Schmidt, Ashley Lawrence, Kadisha Buchanan. Who scheduled this thing? <laughs> Probably Canada Soccer. I don't know. I know, right? FIFA windows exist for a fucking reason. I don't understand. I know Canada Soccer has much more limited resources in the United States. But I don't understand why they haven't scheduled more friendlies around Christine Sinclair to push her to the all-time goal-scoring record. Because that's a huge marketing coup, as well as just something to hold over the rest of the women's soccer world. Or soccer, period. If you have Christine Sinclair, number one all-time in history goal-scorer. Like, above Mia Hamm, above Abby Wambach. That's such a that's such a get for them, and I don't understand why they don't pursue it more aggressively. Because... They don't care about Christine Sinclair like we do. Oh my god. Oh my god, they should. <laughs> they trade on her name constantly, so why they should... Uh, okay. I, I agree, <sighs> but she needs to win a few more of those Canadian of the Year awards that she's oh. been winning for the past 18 years. So Sink, literally twice as old as some of the children on this roster, Canada has like six or seven teenagers total. Given one of them is Jesse Fleming, and she's already coming along nicely, but the rest, 16, 17, come on. Is Fleming still at UCLA? Yeah, and she's balling out. She's having a good time. Way to go. Way to go, kid. <laughs> Meanwhile, United States. How many college players do we have on our roster? Like, one. Oh. Andy Sullivan. Oh, How many high schoolers do we have on our roster? Zero. <sighs> Yeah, it's a it's a full. This is a competitive roster. You could conceivably bring this to an international tournament, and some people would be like, "Ooh, here and there, some of these choices." But in general, you could still be competitive with this roster. Like, let's hope so. Yeah. So honestly, as much as I, you know, would like for Canada to get at least one win here, the United States should be winning both of these handily. Yeah, then the United States should be winning a lot of matches over the past 18 months. Mm. But here we are, yeah. talking about 
Laura Harvey taking over for Jill Ellis. We've moved out of the experimental phase a little bit. We're starting to move out of it. So I I just don't think this is going to be another one of those weird games. I mean, yes, Chomo Bogogu and Sofia Huerta will probably go in at fullback at some point, but that shouldn't be enough to like disrupt the whole thing such that Canada can beat the United States. What was the last weird match that we had? The last really weird match that we had? Okay, what was the last loss that we had? Why you? I'm not Jen Cooper. <laughs> yeah, but you're looking at a computer. So the last loss that we had was against Australia in the Tournament of Nations. <sighs> Do you think Australia is better than Canada? Yes, right now, yes. Sorry, Canada. Mm, all right, fine. Canada, this roster that they have now with, you know, a bunch of teenagers, four 16-year-olds who have never been capped, yeah, Australia is better than them. Oh, no, man. Canada just won a bronze medal at the Olympics. Just won? It was, that was a year ago, man. It, they don't have, like, a third of the same roster. <laughs> stop, stop trying to hype Canada. Like, stop trying to make Canada happen. I'm trying. Happen. I'm really, I'm, I'm it's not gonna straws here. If me, they're two, they're number one time, Canada, they're, like. They're two times bronze medalists versus the team that couldn't even make it to the semis. Like, if me, number one trader Canada fan, <laughs> is even like, just don't expect much from these games, all right? This is about development for Canada. <laughs> then you shouldn't expect yeah. much either. Yeah, but you're you're totally the professional skeptic of the two of us. I told you, grumpy. <laughs> and dry. <laughs> I'm not dry. I'm I'm comfortably moist, thanks to my humidifier. <laughs> grumpy and dry. Grumpy and dry. Hey, when you get dry, do you get not grumpy? No, I get grumpy because I'm dry, and when I... So, you're, if you're comfortably moist right now, you're not grumpy. They're not intrinsically linked, though. I can still be grumpy even though I'm moist, but if I'm dry, <laughs> then I guaranteed will be grumpy. <laughs> oh my god, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. This I'm thoroughly, yes, I'm happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so sorry we said moist like 30 times on this podcast. If I hope it was your bingo. That pisses you off. Um, and hopefully there won't be uh, such a big gap between this and the next episode, but it is the off season. Although, if you're into W League, you should watch W League because you can do that now. You can. For a low, low, low subscription price, you can even watch real streaming. Yeah, it's, it's not... Um... If you happen to know someone in Australia who can hook you up, it's like anywhere in the world. Uh, I think it's Oz.com or is it Oz.au? We'll link to it. Uh, they're going to broadcast 27 of the W League's games. So it's like two, one or two every weekend out of um, all the games. And you can pay five bucks a month. So four months, 20 bucks total to watch 27 W League games in decent quality. And apparently it's better than Go90. Apparently. Sometimes. Except for that first weekend. There's a lot of things you can say are better than Go90, though. Like, you could probably periscope a game and the quality would be better than Go90. Some of the I games. think we used to do that, didn't we? Periscoping games? Yeah. I, I remember sometimes people would periscope open practices. I'm pretty sure I've watched one or two games via periscope. I think I've seen a W League game or something via periscope. Something <laughs> versus... Yeah, I feel like I've seen a WE game via some kind of sketchy-ass means. 
Oh, totally. Totally. Somebody was FaceTiming and they were like, oh, here we go. Well, no longer. They've got a real broadcast deal now. Or live stream anyway. <laughs> and I Grow the game. Grow the game. Grow I, the game. I actually like the little subscription model. You know, 20 bucks for a whole season. I'd pay 20 bucks for a whole season of NWSL games. Although in NWSL, you are getting, what, like 120 games? Or yes. something like that? And we're, we play a freaking ridiculous amount of matches. Versus and it's WWE. awesome. Yeah. So I'd even pay something like thirty bucks for 120 games. That's hey. At one point in time, I paid twenty five dollars for some hacks to go over to the Algarve <laughs> to try to record and broadcast a tournament over there. Did you so ever get your yes, money back? there is a market for Woso. Do you ever get your money back from that? I think the Kickstarter failed, so I don't think I ever actually spent the money. Oh, good. Okay. Because I can still reference the Kickstarter, like the page still exists. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I I use it every once in a while. Alban Media. Alban Media. Wow. Are just like collective historical traumas. So, some people have dreams that don't quite work out. So that was this week's Two Drunk Fans. We went over a lot. Um, don't forget, hopefully in the future, Gab and I will be trying to put together an episode about uh, what we'd like to see out of um, U.S. soccer presidential candidates and what we think would be good for growing women's game in the future Uh, and nwsl season six we're gonna start that wish list soon yeah so go ahead and leave your suggestions on this podcast and we'll try and work them into the episode until then gab i hope you stay warm i'm gonna stay moist (laughs) that's our next scarf moist you stay warm i'll stay moist it should say warm on one side moist on the other no explanation Just warm <laughs> so guys look for that in the store great stocking stuffer the name of this episode